0: The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Um, to the Garden Report. We're back less than 12 hours later. It's going to be a busy week, and big reason why is the NBA draft on Thursday. Jeff Goodman is here from the Goodman and Ryan podcast. We're going to kick around some prospects. We're going to kick around some of the big stories going on this week, and it feels like, Jeff, this... Could be a week of big movement in this draft. Uh, You're hearing number two could be up for grabs from Charlotte. Number three, Portland's trying to put a supporting cast around Damian Lillard to try to keep him enticed. Uh, And then, of course, there are some big, historic, all-time prospects at the top. Uh,
0: Victor Wembenyama and... Uh, it's a guy. I guess we'll start with Scoot Henderson. Who can we start with this, Bobby? Can I have a moment of silence for not getting Bradley Beal to Boston? Can we have a quick <laughs> moment of silence? Right. Um, it ruined my Father's Day weekend. It really. It ruined it because of how little Washington got back for Brad Beal. Like that's my biggest problem right now. I know the Celtics didn't have what it. What fit Michael Winger and Washington right expiring contracts? They flip, They're going to flip Chris Paul. But, like, they didn't get anything. They got jack shit. Like, you're telling me Brad couldn't have put together something here?
1: So, I was, you know, I was just going to say, Brogdon, Gallinari, Mascala in a first?
0: Something, something. Give them two firsts. I don't care. They're going to be late first. Give them next year's and the year afters. And give them pick 35 this year. I don't care. If you somehow added Brad Beal for this year and didn't have to give up Jalen Brown, like you're telling me they're not the clear favorites.
1: With Smart, White, Al, Rob still intact, it's hard not to argue in that. Now, what everyone's going to wonder is how Beal's going to look as a third option on a team. Well, he'd be a second that's...
0: option. He'd be a second option. You think behind Durant and Booker? Or, um... oh, oh, I was saying in Boston behind. Tatum. Oh, here we go. Tatum, Beal, Brown, to me, because Beal can dribble and 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 he can pass, especially right. In playoffs, right.
1: On the second unit too, he would have helped out a ton. Where Browns tried to lead that unit, I, I'm intrigued by it. I just, it's it's such a short term move to me because of the money. Three guys making fifty million, you're losing pretty much everybody within two years at that point. Uh, but does it almost guarantee you a championship
0: in that time? Doesn't guarantee you, but you know what? you you're playing in small windows now. I, I think that's what everybody has to realize now. You're not playing in these like. Now, with Beal, it's a little different because of the no-trade clause, right? Like, yeah. that, that's what scared off a lot of teams is, you know, if Beal is injury-prone over the next couple of years, you're stuck with him for the most part. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, again, Matt Ishby, the owner there, putting all his chips in and saying, you know what? I got three of the top 25 players in the game. I'll figure the other the other stuff out. You know, De- DeAndre Ayton, we don't know if he'll still be there or not. They might have to move him money-wise. Uh, they'll fill in in the other gaps, and they just got to find like, you know, good defensive-minded uh, wing, you know, who can really guard to put with that unit. Because frankly, it doesn't matter who you have out there, Bobby. They're not going to be guarded on the perimeter. Like they're going to be what? They're going to be shooting uncontested threes every single game if you're putting them out there with Booker, KD, and, and Brad Beal. Why don't you
1: think the Celtics looked into this? Obviously, you got the Tatum connection. You're looking to move broad then anyway, it seems like, according to all the reports. You consolidate the roster a little
0: bit. Was it just a money thing, you think? Yeah, I think it was a part of that, obviously, that you're hamstrung a year from now. You, you got to really figure things out a year from now. And the other part was, you know, again, Washington probably didn't want Marcus Smart. They, they didn't feel like they could flip him quickly. They didn't want three years of 60 million. Yeah. Um, you know, like he wants to start from pretty much scratch. Now, again, if I was Michael Winger, I would have wanted better draft picks at least like, you know, Landry Shammett, whatever, like he's a piece, like probably a good second unit guy. The Celtics could have given him something to the equivalent of that. I just can't understand how Washington didn't get more draft equity out of this that's the one that I just can't fathom. Like, you're going to trade Brad Beal for nothing. I mean, legitimately, you got nothing for Brad Beal. You just got him off the books. That's basically what that trade was. Get as much salary off the books, and we're going to start over. And starting over in Washington is tough because you're not getting free agents. So you're going to have to build through the draft.
1: Yeah, Washington screwed here. And I, I hear the next two drafts aren't very good. They decided to tank after – The draft that was worth tanking for. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's why the Wizards have been the
0: Wizards for as long as they have. They'll screw Uh, up the eighth pick, too, probably this year. They'll probably screw that up. And I know you want to get to the draft, and and so do I, but I had to get that off my chest on on Brad Beals.
1: I was stunned. I really, I thought he was going to be in Miami because they had picks, they had hero,
0: they had Robinson. I thought Milwaukee might make sense. You know, that I think he wanted Miami or Milwaukee. Ultimately those, I mean, Boston, I think he would have liked to, but you know, how do you turn down Phoenix? I mean, how do you turn down playing Brad Beal? You know, if you, you look at who he's played with over over the course of his his career, it's a joke. I mean, seriously, I don't know if anybody's played with worse, a, a worse group of players over a decade than Brad Beal did. He played with two really good players that both couldn't shoot the ball and John Wall and Russell Westbrook. And then like Rui Hachimura like Kuzma, I mean, Porzingis last year, like he's had a bad group around him. So now he becomes the third guy, like the third guy. Now, again, can they guard? I mean, KD can guard. We know when he wants to. Brad Beal can guard when he wants to. You know, I think Booker's challenge a little bit defensively, but um, Phoenix is going to be fun. That's for damn sure. Do they stick with Aiton? Are they going to try to split him up? I some think other they'll guys? try to move him. I think they'll try to move him because of the money too. Yeah, you know. But honestly, all they need there is a, a a Clint Capella type. Like, legitimately, what do they need? They just need a guy who can run, jump. Like, like if I'm Phoenix, like go get a, a def, you know a Derek Lively type. Again, he's going to go higher. I don't even know if Phoenix. Do they have a first round? No, pitch? they gave up theirs for KD. Right. So they don't even have one. But but that's what they need. Like a a, a Walker Kessler type, a big who can just defend and and finish around the rim, plays hard, you know, rebounds. That's all they need. They don't need anything. They're not going to throw the ball into them anyway. So, you know, they can move Aiden and, and maybe get for Aiden, um, you know, a, a wing defender or something like that, you know, somebody that can really guard.
1: Speaking of Walker Kessler, I do remember a year ago, Jeff, I was like, is this guy, is is he for real? Like he was uh, blocking sh- seven shots a lot of nights in college. Uh, and he was amazing.
0: He surprised me. <laughs> he surprised me, to be honest. I, I didn't see that coming. I mean, he was so good in college. But again, those plotting bigs, which is kind of what he is, I mean, certainly not athletic. Yeah. They they don't tend to work right now in the NBA. Although you know, obviously the the uh, the the world champion uh, big man would probably argue on that one. But he brings he brings so much to the table. I mean, Jokic is just ridiculous. Yeah, plotting mm-hmm. big. I mean, he doesn't move great, but he moves. He finds a way. Right. Yeah. Like there aren't guys like him. So I think you know. Ultimately, you're looking at you know the guys coming out right now, that, and that's a big difference what you see now coming out of college for those who don't follow the college game closely, uh, so many of these plotting bigs just go back now, you know, they're not coming out. They're going to go back because they're making more money through name image like this. Right. You know, Hunter Dickinson might've been a, he would have been a first rounder 10 years ago. And now he transfers instead goes into the portal and makes a shit ton more money at a place like Kansas, you know, um,
1: Kofi Coburn a couple of yeah, years he ago. he came
0: out. He made no money. Like, he should have stayed in Illinois another year instead. I think he was in, like, China or Japan this past year and didn't even make that much money overseas. Yeah. Like, he should have come back. You know, Oscar Shibwe finally said, I'm done at Kentucky. Uh, and, again, you know, think about it. Like, Adama Sanogo was the, the, the best big on the best team in the country at UConn. Maybe he'll be drafted. Maybe late second round, but he probably should have gone back to school and made more money, and, and there was some thought of that. There was some thought that he was going to transfer from UConn because he's got a big kid behind him, Donovan Klingin, who's going to play. UConn didn't want to pay both big NIL, so in order to keep Klingin, they sort of forced Sonogo go out and were, was praying that he would go to the league instead of put his name in the portal because how does that look? Yeah, Imagine if the, the MVP basically – of, of the final four puts his name in the portal after after winning the national title. Uh, but he decided to go pro and uh, again, Sonogo, you know, probably be a second round pick, right?
1: Edie, that's a the yep. guy I see at yeah. like 60 overall. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, he's smart, he's gonna make more money coming back. And to be honest, bank all that money if you're big in college because you may never get it again. Zach Edie may never make. A million dollars again. Like my guess is he makes somewhere in that that range this year at Purdue, and he's he may never see that money again. So so take advantage of it, and and, and bank all that money, and you're going to be in the same spot you're in next year. This year, like you're you're not going to be that much quicker. Um, you know you, maybe you can step out and make you know like Hunter Dickinson's able to make some threes now. That's the difference with him, but he's still not a rim protector. Not a great athlete, so ultimately they want the NBA wants Derek Lively types. That's what they want. We'll talk about him. I love him. I, I think honestly, there's a bunch of guys in this draft, Bobby, that that were highly um, recruited and heralded prospects coming out of high school that their stock really fell this past year in college for one reason or another. And Derek Lively, uh, the Duke freshman seven footer, is one of those. Our official oh, yeah. sports
1: wagering partner, FanDuel, FanDuel.com. Still no sweat. Offering. No sweat. Up to $1,000. Love the website. Lots of futures going on right now, of course, with all the other sports off, but baseball is in full swing. I was over at Fenway on Tuesday, John. Uh, not a fun time, but FanDuel makes it a little more fun, uh, whether it's the Red Sox whatever other team you're thinking about putting a little bit on today. And uh, since baseball season is not full swing, there's no play better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in your account. If your first bet doesn't win or anything in between, fanduel.com slash Boston. Uh, don't miss your chance to snag that. No sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and, of course, our uh, great Sports waging partner here at CLNS Media, Major League Baseball, trademarks used with permission. Yeah, I see him like late lottery. Uh, what's he bringing to the table for a team that gets him? There's obviously some teams that are right on the edge around that area, like in Indiana uh, could probably use some size. Washington could start with a guy
0: like him if they want to. Um, there's some teams in that fan. range that are close. I'm a big, big fan you know, partially because I saw a lot of these kids in AAU ball. So I saw something they can do that maybe they didn't show in college. And Lively's the, the prime example of that, right? Like at Duke, I, I don't know if he ever took a three. Um, he wasn't a weapon offensively at all. He was terrific defensively. Um, again, long, athletic, can run the, the court as well as a guard, blocks, alter shots. He's thin, but he could put on some weight, you know, and – What I saw from him was the ability to shoot the three. Not at a great clip, but good enough. You know, probably 33% right now, something like that. But he never got that opportunity at Duke. So I think when he goes around and works out for some of these teams, and again, a lot of these workouts are a joke, right? I mean, I remember seeing Sabonis, um, Domas, work out for the Celtics. And he was at Gonzaga. He never shot a three. And uh, he made like 65 of a hundred in Boston and came out the court. And I'm like, Whoa, where did that come from? And he looked at me. He's like, no, I didn't even shoot. Well, like, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was poor. Like I didn't even shoot it well, but few would never let me shoot the three. And that's kind of how lively was it, at, at Duke. I think, I don't think, I don't know if he's going to shoot, you know, 40% for three, but he can, he can keep you honest. He can keep you. On- I mean, listen, nobody thought Al Hortford would ever be a three point shooter ever, 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 ever. And I don't know what is you, you know this the number better than I do this past 45 year. 45 this year. I mean, that's insane. That that to me is is a product of really hard work, obviously. Um, which Al does. We know that. And, and also the benefit of like, listen, a lot of people, they're uncontested. most of those are uncontested threes. Pretty much that's, all yeah. of them. Right. Yeah. They want they want Al Hortford shooting threes. And you better listen, if you're working at it, that is the one skill that you can get better at. In in the NBA, the one skill that I've seen guys that were like shitty shooters. Darrell Wright is a great example. Darrell Wright years ago was an awful shooter when I remember seeing him in high school. In Grant eight. Williams. Grant Williams was not a good shooter. And again, but like you work on it enough and they're uncontested. You should be able to make, you know, high 30s um, and maybe forty and yeah, i feel like
1: that's how that's how angel always looked at the draft to me so yeah. many of the guys he picked jalen brown terry roger yep. uh these were athletic guys great molds great athleticism ability and all that was missing was the three and you project yeah. for that to improve and pretty much all these guys they've drafted uh going back to his days here improved in that area uh so this is going to be an interesting one i i want to start at the top but we'll you know, get right to the Celtics for, you know, everyone hanging out here who's interested guys they could potentially grab here. You get to thirty-five and you're not banking on much at that point. But it is still a first like borderline first round pick. They would have been picking at twenty nine anyway, even if they had their first round pick. So you're not that much further back at thirty-five. I've picked out a handful of names that intrigue me. Cool. If you're if you're them, obviously you can go in three different directions here. You can draft a prospect who has great upside you can draft a guy that maybe you need right now i'd say big man's probably that spot where you need a little bit of support right now and if you can find someone who's capable at that spot they can maybe step in and give you something immediately or you can just stash another guy um, like they've done recent history here so if you had to prioritize one thing for them at 35 what would it be shoot him period I, I i want an
0: elite shooter i just think they have a collection of like good shooters but no elite shooters don't try to tell me Al Horford's some elite shooter. No. Just... The playoffs right. were bad for him. Right. And he's only going to play. His minutes are going to be diminished, you know, probably starting next year. They better be. Um, so give me a guy on that team that's an elite shooter. Elite. Elite. Like, I'm talking, like, where where the ball leaves their hand and you're like, hey, I'm surprised if it's not going in. You don't have one. You don't have one. Not right? even like, Hauser? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yes. I guess Hauser is probably the closest thing to it. Yes. And he was great
1: this year. He just couldn't get in the game in the playoffs.
0: Correct. He couldn't play him because he couldn't guard. Yeah. Right? Like, he he just – and he was good defensively in the regular season, but you can get exposed, obviously, defensively in the playoffs when they attack you. Um, I I would love to see him, whoever they draft, whoever they add, just add, like, really good shooters because of the way you're playing. Right? The way Brad played – the way Joe is playing now is all built around the three. So if you're going to build around that, that system, you better bring in elite level. Like you better have one. I mean, I'd rather have more than one. I mean, I think Tatum, again, if Jason Tatum is, is so much doesn't fall on Tatum, his percentages are much better. Let's face it. Like he, he could probably be an elite level shooter if his, if his shots were what other guys are getting, but they're not, right? I mean, he's taking contested threes every time he shoots the ball for the most part. So his numbers are going to be lower than than some of these other guys that are taking, you know, threes without anybody within five feet of them. But like Jalen Brown is an average shooter. He He's a – I know he shot it well early on in his career, but I feel like Jalen Brown is a 35% three-point shooter. That's what he is, right? Would you agree? Yeah. For the I most think for-
1: I think for his career, that's probably around where he is. And it's gotten worse in recent seasons, which confuses me.
0: Yeah, me too. But again, part of it is you prove you can make him. It's actually
1: 36 for his career, but a lot of that was early.
0: Right, right. The last few years, it's been, what, 33 this past year? Yeah, 35 the year before that. I think that's what he is. I think he's somewhere between like 34, 35% three-point shooter. That doesn't surprise me. That that's what your guards aren't
1: great shooters at all, besides from Brogdon, who seems like he might be gone here. And I like Uh, Brogdon. Like I you know what?
0: I hate to see Brogdon leave. I I do do. too.
1: I don't get it. Yeah. Money move. Like if they dump him for money reasons, I'm just like, what are you doing?
0: I like Malcolm. I I honestly think if Malcolm was healthy, you're probably looking at getting the finals. Right. I think there's a good shot. If Malcolm was really healthy, you're talking about maybe getting the finals. In
1: contrast, he was so hurt that he killed you out there when he was playing.
0: That's the thing you had—you had one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Every time you put him out there, couldn't make a shot, wasn't really great. You know, d- defensively, he's always been really good for for the most part because he's so smart. Um, this year, he wasn't as good as he normally was. Marcus Smart clearly wasn't as good defensively as he normally you know was even a year ago. Yeah, uh, I, I would. And maybe I'm crazy here. The first thing I would think of doing, I know this wasn't the, the why, why we did this pod, but it would probably be to look for, for Marcus Smart and, and see what I could get for him. I just think it's run its course with him. As much as anything, I think it's run its course. But I don't know how many takers there are going to be at three years and 60 million. I think there'll be one because they're going to be teams that really value the toughness, the intensity. Still, the fact that he can guard and, and he's gotten better as a point guard. You you can argue what you want. Like he's erratic and inconsistent, but he's gotten way better as a point guard. He just doesn't he doesn't give too many guys other than Rob easy, easy baskets, right? Like the, the, the best thing he does is that he throws the best, the only lob to Rob. Nobody else throws it to him, really.
1: Yeah, he, he has a feel for the game that I like generally. He is passing skill in a vacuum, I think, is great. He even shot the ball well from three in the playoffs, uh, surprisingly. 36. I, I always like them. He's never been a guy I look at and say is a problem here. I think there's always more good than bad, despite those bads being glaring and fans jump all over him when he does have those bad games. And the contract's really good. I mean, he's signed through 2026 for like 18 a year. Well,
0: it's um, good. It's good, but it's hard to move like to a Washington because you got three years left. If he had right. two years left, I think Washington might have might have been interested in, in taking him in a deal. But three years left is hard.
1: So here here is the one thing I'll say that that this team has a problem with here. Like you're kicking around bringing in some guys, you bring in Brogdon, and it's like, Well, Smart can't move to the bench. You know, Smart can't sit right. in the fourth quarter. Right. Nice. Uh, that thing with this team needs to change. Like, there's got to be – and, you know, Joe caught a lot of flack this year. But with stuff like that, he didn't have a ton of flexibility to sit guys down, to alter his lineups, to try different things. I mean, he Bobby. didn't experiment much this year.
0: But he's a rookie head coach. And the one guy you're scared of because he was an email guy is Marcus Smart. The one vocal guy, right? The one guy you probably – well, other than Tatum, you don't want to piss off. You know, obviously. And Tatum was behind Missoula. We knew that. But – Marcus was not. He was not. He wanted Eme. So I think he had to kind of handle Marcus with kid gloves a lot of times. And, and again, like you could say what you want about Marcus, you know, benching him, benching him, benching him in the playoffs. Well, you couldn't bench him at the end because Brogdon was hurt.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's what killed you there. So I don't, I don't know what you could get from him. the Toronto guys intrigued me if they're going to be sold yeah. here, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, but, what do they want smart
0: in that case they don't. if they're rebuilding they don't. right so. if you're Toronto you're going to rebuild probably you know if you're going to trade those guys because they're good young players like why yeah. would you trade OG's like come a long way man he couldn't shoot at all when I first saw him, and, uh elite defender oh elite. he's so
1: great defensively you just see
0: him d- disrupting stuff out there left and right but I want shooters again if you're bringing somebody in unless you're going to change your system I don't know if I want OG on uh, Ananobi. I think I want I want a shooter. Like I want like I would love to see him. They can't. They're not gonna be able to move up, but I would love to see him move up and get like Grady Dick. He's gonna go top 10-ish in the draft. Jordan Hawkins. Those are your those are the two best shooters, pure shooters in this draft. Like, man, give me one of those dudes to play with Tatum um and, and even Jalen Brown because they'll they'll just help the spacing. Like Grant Williams can shoot. another year from three, but like they're still not respecting Grant to whereas they got to go and press up on him. They'll close out on him at at the last minute, but they're not like Grady Dick. You put him on the court. Trust me. They're not leaving him.
1: Right. I'm frustrated with where the grant thing's gone though. And I, I see the reports they're looking to sign and trade him. I felt like all year they've been phasing him out, not only signing Gallinari, but uh, benching him for the stretches that they did. And now you know, they they had that report in the Globe yesterday that he's probably going to be back. I don't, if they get to a certain number here, I just don't think cap wise they can make it work. And that was a guy who was a great outlet for Tatum a year ago. He's a guy who's steadily been shooting 40% from three over the last two years. And even in the playoffs when they put him in, he was knocking down shots left and right. Good defender, can defend pretty much every position. They should have got something done with him a year ago. You know when they what had that they window too. What was
0: the number a year ago about? Do you remember?
1: I think it might have been like
0: 12? Was
1: it twelve. Yeah, years? twelve over four, or something like that was probably the max they were looking to do, and I think that's probably the max that they can do now. Uh, and you know, mm-hmm. to their credit, I guess the numbers probably come down from what he was looking for, like twenty. Uh, they were floating at one point earlier this year. He's not going to get that. If he gets fifteen, they probably can't match that, and that's not going to be too hard to get.
0: Yeah, now it's like all right. I mean, again, if you're Brad, you just got to figure out honestly, more than anything, which guy. Not even the money so much because they're all similar money, right? And you're not moving Derek White because he's he's your best defender now, right? He's your best defender, and he shows. You
1: start thinking about
0: extending him. He's he's become that that good. I friggin' love Derek, and I loved him when they got him. He just he took a while to get acclimated, you know, because he's he's too nice a guy. He's like. Too nice a guy, you know this, you've been around him probably more than I have, but I've talked to so many people, and even when I see him after games, it's like, literally, it's like Derek White's known me his whole life. The way, like, he's just, he's always smiling, like the nicest guy ever. And, uh, again, it just took him a while to get used to the fact of like, all right, like, you know what, I'm not going to worry about stepping on toes. These guys, these guys want me to score, they want me to be assertive, Finally, and again, he couldn't make a shot a year ago in the in the playoffs. He was right. atrocious. Best uh,
1: thing Joe ever did though is you know Rob goes down. You know we're yeah. not starting Grant. We're not starting this yeah. guy,
0: that guy. That's... We're starting White. Yeah, go small. Go small. You know, again, the other one. I you know so hard. Would you would you move on from Rob if you could get another big that you knew was just going to be available? Like I would. I would. I'm at the point where now. Like, I love Rob, but, like, there's also limitations in what Rob gives you offensively, we know. They don't utilize him. Uh, He plays 13 minutes some nights. Yeah. It's like, what? And then it's like, again, like, the availability is is such an issue for me where I'd rather take a guy that's got less talent, but you know is going to be there all year, especially with Al now getting older. Like, Al cannot play 28 minutes, uh, you know, every night. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that's something you got to look at. You know, when you're drafting at 35, can you get? Because again, the one thing is, those bigs now are falling. Like a guy like Trace Jackson Davis is a name at 35 that will be on the board probably. So, and that's
1: my favorite name at 35. I love him.
0: You know, my daughter went to Indiana. So, I watched him every game this year. And 20 Trace, and 10 last year, right? He was the second best player in college basketball. And Here's the thing, most of these bigs, and Trace played four years in college, the big knock on him coming out of high school and even early in college was he didn't play hard. Didn't play hard and can't shoot, okay? Well, last year he played hard as shit, and, yeah, he didn't shoot still. Mike Woodson still didn't let him shoot. But he is a super athletic, undersized five man, like super athletic. And can beat guys off the bounce. And the biggest thing that I saw in him last year, besides the fact that he played hard as shit consistently, was his passing. His passing was tremendous last year. All of a sudden, and he told me one of the reasons why he got hurt early on in the season with a back injury, and and he said, I got to play a little bit different now. I I can't rely on my athleticism as much because, you know, his back was bothering him. So he played differently, and he's got these huge hands that he literally can just, you know, one hand take the ball and survey the court, and he was their best passer. He averaged probably four and a half assists a game last year. So Trace to me would be uh, terrific at thirty-five if you can get him because again, it allows you. Maybe he does. He blocks shots. He rebounds. He can run, man. Now he doesn't block like Rob does, but again, if if you say he can play twenty. 25 minutes every night, and you can fill it. You know, undersized. You can really run with him. You can really run. I don't know. I mean, again, I think you got to figure out some other option that allows you to be able to move Robert Williams. You need something else behind him so that you can move him.
1: Right. And Mescalita didn't work. That wasn't a great move. looking back enough. on it. Not good
0: enough. No. No. Not good. Enough. Yeah. You need, you need somebody else. You probably need maybe. You know, they're talking to Isaiah Stewart, who I. I love, but he's he's not a rim protector. That's the problem with Isaiah Stewart. Like,
1: no, he's, he's more uh, of a grinder in there. Yeah, he's just got a out oh, physical guys. He's not gonna block a ton of shots. Nope. They, he's only 21, 22, I, I think. love
0: him. I love Isaiah Stewart as a backup big man playing twenty minutes. Like, if you told me, hey, you could have Isaiah Stewart and Trace Jackson Davis, it, it's not great, but it's serviceable enough if you're gonna go cheap there and then spend your money elsewhere.
1: Yeah, and James Edwards has said Detroit's probably not moving him. If you could do something like Brogdon for Stewart, I'd be interested in that. You know, Detroit needs some offense. Maybe Brogdon it. can oh, go. And I
0: don't love it. I don't love giving up Brogdon for, for Isaiah Stewart. I don't. I just – man, I just – It's strength for like, strength, though. Brogdon – here's the thing with Brogdon. Like, he moves the ball – he and Derek White – they move the ball. They make good decisions. Again, like I said, it's like having two adults in the room now. Like you added two adults to this team in the last year and a half that I think have, have helped in an area in which you need help. Let, let's face it. We know that. Like Jalen Brown doesn't move the ball, right? Doesn't move the ball. Marcus doesn't. You know, sometimes he moves the ball. Sometimes he doesn't. But at the point guard position, you know, he, he's not an elite ball mover by any means. Like, Tatum's your best kind of passer right now. He's kind of been your best actual passer of making life easy for other guys if you watch that team, right? So, like, I don't know. I just – I feel like Brogdon, and you're giving up on him after a year. I don't know. I'd like to see him another year in this system with Derek White, with – if you're keeping Jalen, which you obviously are now, Tatum, Jalen – and then adding one other piece maybe in in place of smart, seeing what that looks like.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't be opposed to anything at this point. I do think they'll consider all the above up to Tatum uh, at this point. I think that's where they're at. We'll see if the deal gets done with Jalen. I don't think there's a ton out there that intrigues
0: you if you're them. moving No, there isn't. There isn't now. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you're not getting Lillard. So, what else – you know, I look down the list of, like, guys I would be interested in trading Jalen Brown for, and I'm like, well, first of all, if you're going to do it, you probably have to do it with a team that knows they're going to be able to resign Jalen. Like in Atlanta. in Atlanta. Atlanta. is the one that you look at, and you're like, all right, he's from there. He would want to be the guy there. That would be, like, the perfect scenario for him. All right, what – like I said a couple of years ago, I was really intrigued with De, I remember, the, the rumor was DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, and a couple of firsts. And I, I and I got crucified when I said, like, yeah, I would think long and hard about that one because Herter shoots the shit out of it. Hunter's a, a really good defender who I think can average 17 a game. You know, he may not average 24 a game like Jalen, but he can average 17 a game, and then you throw in a couple firsts in there that are mid-first-round fir- mid picks. I, I might have done it at that point. Now it's like, all right, Hunter – Onyeka Kangwu, you know I like, I love Onyeka. I love him. I think he's terrific. Yeah, but but again, is are you getting enough value for Jalen Brad if you're doing that plus a couple first round? You need to
1: get a. You need to get Murray too.
0: Yeah, he's and about I'm to probably
1: make thirty million a year.
0: I'm not even sure I want Murray for that number. I'm not even sure I want him. I love Hunter. I really really like DeAndre Hunter a lot, and I think he without Trey Young, he can give you a lot more. Like, listen, all these guys in Atlanta can give you more, but they're all, they're all hamstrung because they're playing with Trey Young.
1: Let's be honest. <laughs> I love their roster. You look at them and you're like, how are they the a nine seed or whatever yeah. they were? Eight seed. They have yeah. so much he talent.
0: Young, Cause you don't yeah. trust Trey Young. Cause it's all about Trey Young and dribble, dribble, dribble. And then he'll get his assist numbers. But generally it's everybody standing around watching and, and he'll throw these crazy. And again, he's talented as hell. He's just, He's got to be your number two guy, not your number one.
1: Absolutely. And I I do want to get to some other prospects here. Uh, There's some other names I want to float by you here for 35 uh, that I jotted down here. Uh, You were talking shooting. There's two guys I'm interested in from a shooting perspective, especially if Grant's out the window. Really three guys. Um, Marcus Sasser from Houston. Kobe Brown from Missouri or Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine, which of those names intrigues you the most?
0: You know, I like Sasser. He's just small. You know, he's 6'2", not a great athlete. Um, I saw somebody compare him to, like, a Gabe Vincent type. But, you know, he's tough. He can guard. I just don't know if you want another small guard. Like, I'd rather not. Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine, a guy that's just kind of under the radar a little bit. Pepperdine was terrible. Uh but Lewis is one of those guys that intrigues a lot of NBA guys because because of his upside, you know. Um, you know, got the length, got the skill. Um, and then Kobe Brown was awesome in Missouri this year. Awesome. Um
1: and his coach just got hired by the Celtics, uh, Phil Pressey.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Phil got hired. Yeah, he's coming in
1: as an assistant.
0: Uh Phil's my guy. That's a great hire. That's a terrific, terrific hire. Phil Pressy is awesome. Obviously. Son of, of Paul Pressey, uh, one of the best defenders uh, years ago before you were alive. Uh, <laughs> but also, Phil Phil grew up kind of around here a little bit. He went to prep school around here. I've known Phil since he was a kid. That's a great, great hire. I got I to gotta text him. Congrats. And he was
1: a solid Celtic for a couple of years there,
0: under Brad Stevens. Yeah, Phil's awesome. Awesome. He'll do a good job with them. The sta- Listen, the good thing now for Joe is at least he's got a staff that I think is his. He he can call them his. And I don't know if they really are his, because I'm not sure he picked them. I, I think certainly he had some say in it, but I'm sure Brad and you know Charles Lee. I don't know how much Joe Missoula knew Charles Lee, but but at least he's got all offseason now to kind of develop that rapport. Nice. Where last year it was just so hard for him to come in. And, you know, all those guys are probably looking at him like come on man like how did he get this job he was in the second row
1: how did he get to it some over? degree i mean i remember um talking to ben sullivan during the year and these guys you know they were you know they put on a good fit fa- i think damon really helped them out like they all tried their best to support them but there was that you know like what happened with Eme here you know like yeah. they, they're all essentially going down to join emay staff so that says a lot you know ben sullivan's head down there um few of the deeper assistants I think Aaron Miles might be I'm not yeah, sure I haven't, I haven't heard officially yet yeah
0: I haven't talked to Aaron but wouldn't actually, be
1: surprising you know like those are Emei's guys They're about half
0: of them are in the NBA because of Eme. I, I just think it's going to be interesting this year because again now Joe's got a year under his belt he's got a different staff he's I don't staff.
1: mind them giving Joe another chance Me Like, you, how can you blame him for last year Me. I thought he did a great job in spite of everything
0: he did. I mean, again, and and people expected him to like, you know, be able to to out coach or or evenly coach Eric Spolstra. He, <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it's not fair. It's not fair to to like Eric Spolstra when he was a, a rookie head coach wasn't very good, and he's he's turned into this. It takes time. I don't know if Joe Musilla is going to be Eric Spolstra, but I mean, you got to give him one more year to see. And, and give him guys around him, and give him a full off season to implement more of his system. Like he had to, like everything he did. Like, and, and he's thirty four, so it, it was hard for him because again, you have this group that really didn't want him to go gone. That was the hard part for him. It's like certain guys. It, I don't think they like they were anti Joe necessarily, but they were pissed off that the Celtics didn't stick with Ime, So they probably – I don't know if they took it out on Joe, but they probably didn't give Joe quite as much of a chance early as they could have or should have. But, listen, but things, again,
1: things largely went well this year. So there really wasn't many moments. Yeah, they had some bad losses during the regular season. But you're yeah. the second seed. You're winning most nights. Yeah, they there fine. wasn't a ton to complain about during the regular season. But once the playoffs hit and then you go down 3-2 to Philly – I think different guys were stepping up, trying to you know sit in that coaching chair, trying to like instill yep. certain things. Rob starting late right in that Philadelphia series didn't seem like a Joe move to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
0: I think a lot of the players really pushed for that. And then you know right into oh, the Miami. He knew he series, had to make a change. Just, yeah. I think he just knew sometimes you got to try try something different and, right. and push a different button. And I'm sure, yeah, maybe it wasn't just him, but I think even he realized like. And the other thing I'll say for anybody watching here is I know people have taken the shots at Joe Missoula as kind of like his personality and coming across as arrogant and and whatnot and i'll I'll defend Joe on this because I've seen a different side of Joe you know I've known Joe since he was young um, he just he was in a tough spot in a way too, because you know think about it you're thirty four you get the job as the interim head coach. If you get up there and you're acting like a, fuck, you know, a, a clown and, and having fun and being too loose, what are people going to say? Well, like he's a kid. Like he can't do that. He's 34. Like he, he looks immature. So I think on one end, Joe went to an extreme. And you were around him more than I was in the press conference settings. But I think he went to the other extreme and was just like, hey, you know what? This is how I'm going to play it. I got to get the job, first of all. This is my dream job. I can't screw up with the media. I got enough pressure on me on the court. I'm not screwing this up with something I say. I'm going to be smarter than that. So he didn't give you guys anything, really, all year, right? He didn't. Early on, especially.
1: But he was defensive. You know, he fought back. He asserted himself in those situations. He made it his own and in his own way, which impressed me and uh, you know very respectful on the side like you know good good dude great guy to talk to um, Yeah,
0: just not going to give you like what he may did he's not going to yeah. give you an, and even like Brad all right Brad he wouldn't give you that much of like you probably look down after a press conference with Brad and you're like jeez man he didn't really say anything but he's still like the nicest dude ever who will talk forever he's just he, he's too smart he's too smart to give you anything of any bulletin board material or anything that, that's that's controversial in any way, um, Joe's just shorter than him. Joe's, Joe was very, very short with his answers, which can come across as a little arrogant. But trust me when I say, you know, Joe's a good guy who I think in year two hopefully will become a little bit more comfortable in his own skin and, and kind of how he's dealing with the media, and hopefully he'll loosen up a little bit.
2: Factor meal. We got factor? <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah got factor right up in here
2: do it there it is folks factor slash garden 50 to get 50 percent off your first box factor meals Whose job is... is this i think it's Bobby. <laughs> i hope it's bobby's because i'm <laughs> just winging it right now
1: jimmy's always uh claiming it listen during prime spring season you need some Summer. convenient meals yeah, yeah
2: it's we fringe we're getting right into summer of actually course. it's a good point john summer's coming up you want to get some yep. some healthy meals in your system you want it's not too late to get that beach body going start yep. feeling good get out there and running mm-hmm. all right bobby sorry
1: right skip the trip to the grocery store skip the chopping prepping cleaning up just get these pre-packaged ingredients yep Heat it up, enjoy, and you're back outside to soak no in cooking. the summer. That's what it's all about. And
2: yeah, We don't yeah. have time to cook. It's the summer. You get out of work. It's America's number
0: one ready-to-eat meal kit.
2: You get out of work. The sun's shining. You get a workout in. You run home. You eat quick. You go back out. You have a couple <laughs> of drinks with your friends. This is the summer. No one's slaving around in the kitchen for two hours, <laughs> you know, trying to, you know, whip this up and whip that up. You, you know?
0: should have seen the lengths I went on friggin'. I don't even want to talk about it.
2: With what? Back meal? With, uh, your meals? With your meals? The pies? Yeah, uh, no, on, on oh, Father's um, Day, the amount of freaking cooking Day. I had to do. Disaster. You have to cook your own meals? Yeah. Is that what you look, look at that. Sean, is that you?
0: Factor you meals. Factor shakes.
2: Oh, we got factor shakes. Oh, they got
0: shakes? Yeah, guys, come on. I didn't even know. Get with it.
2: I knew they had it, but they look good. I'm not a green mm. beans guy personally, but
1: those bars are great too. You need something quick.
2: Anyway, go check it out. On it's on America's number one, ready to eat meal kit. Toss um, it so in go the bag some. on your way to the meals.com slash garden 50, get 50% off your first
1: box. Right. Give us something. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. mean, he, I he, he wouldn't give us anything yep. more yep. often than not. I mean, even there was a day Brad talked and we, I think Jalen had just broken his face when he collided with Tatum and, it's like, oh, you know, Joe, how's Jalen doing? Is he getting surgery? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then Brad comes in five minutes later. Oh, Brad, how's Jalen doing? Oh, he doesn't need surgery. He's getting a mask. You know, he'll be back at <laughs> practice later this week. Yeah, it's yeah. like, come
0: on. Does right, Brad want to the do these things? Right. Cause then you look, then the problem is people don't necessarily believe what you're gonna say in the future. Right. You lose you lose trust. Not that maybe he cares, but but I, I'll say this. Having gone through this with enough coaches, whether it's college or NBA, like the media can make or break you. Like if it's close, at some point this year, if Joe goes through his, his struggles, the media can either pile on or they can defend you. And obviously you'd rather have them defending you. Because, I mean, look, look at
1: they go down three nothing to Miami. The whole front page of the Globe was Joe's not ready. Yeah, move yes. on from Joe. Blah, 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 blah. He and didn't you buy think himself. That would have
0: been the case with, with Doc Rivers or no. somebody like that. Hell no. Because everybody here loved Doc. Why? Because Doc was good to him media wise. Doc would, you know, he'd spend time with you. He'd smile. Like, same thing with me. I love Doc. Why?
1: Because every time I
0: see Doc, Doc wants to talk to me.
1: Yeah. And he you know, he can improve in that too. Um that's something that I think he he's going to get better I at. We're
0: human. We're human and if you give us a, a lot, we're more apt to uh give give a coach more leeway. That's all. That that's that's the reality whether people want to hear it or not. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth is you know a, a, an asshole, and, and again, I'm not saying Joe's an asshole, but, but an asshole coach who, who's, who's on the fringe, uh, most media people are going to be like, screw it and pile on. And then the public perception gets to a point where, you know, ownership or an athletic director or whatever is like, you know what? I'm not keeping this dude. The media is killing him. Fans are killing him. Um, so, again, I, I would say this. Joe Mizzoua is is actually a good dude who's got a really good personality. Um, you know, I've seen it. I talked to a West Virginia per, uh, player yesterday, and Missoula and Mike Ansey, the GM for the Cavs, two former West Virginia guys, got on a call, a Zoom call, with all the players yesterday because people don't know uh, West Virginia's got an opening right now. Uh, they're deciding who their next coach is going to be after Bob Huggins uh, was forced to resign. And uh and those guys got in a call with the players and the players said I talked to one player, I'm like, was Joe on the call on the on the Zoom? He was like, Oh, he was hilarious. And uh it didn't surprise me, but I was like, Man, I can't wait to tell Boston Media that Joe Missoula was hilarious, because they won't believe it. But again, Joe's got that in him. He's got it in him. I think he'll be more comfortable in year two.
1: He does. He tried to point. I love when he said uh <laughs> I asked him uh, Jalen threw off the mask, I think, in game four against Atlanta. And I said, Oh, what would you see from Jalen when he took off the mask? And he goes, His face. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff he'd that's the kind of stuff he'd try in the pressers and we'd be sitting there, you know, not too many people laughing. But it, he, he tried a few things. I, I don't I'm, I'm excited to see him try again next year. Um yep. Me there too. was there were frustrating moments at times. There were things I didn't like, Bench and Grant, the threes um even just the lack of attention to defense at times i'd be asking them all year about the defense and then that's ended what i think ended up killing them especially in the players eyes late in the year so we'll see where that goes uh what else intrigues you about this draft There's obviously a lot of stuff going on at the top too um i'm surprised scoot henderson wasn't charlotte's guy for the longest time they were seemingly zeroed in on brandon miller and now it seems a little bit more even. I It yeah. kind of reminds me of last year when Orlando was saying, oh, we're Jabari Smith, we're Jabari Smith. And then at the last second, it's Paulo Bancaro. And uh, it seemed like it was that way the whole time. I feel like that's how it's going to go at number two with Scoot Henderson, who everyone talked about as that second guy in this draft for a while, like the great consolation prize to not getting Victor. So I'd be surprised if Charlotte goes Miller over
0: him. Yeah, I mean, I think here's, here's the – I agree. I think everybody thinks Scoot's upside higher. Scoot can't shoot right now. Uh, Brandon Miller shot the hell out of it for like two thirds of the season last year, and then struggled at the end. But he's got that Jason Tatum type game, and everybody wants that right now, right? As much as like point guard is important, the the, the versatile forward is almost become more important now. With watching some of these these guys like Tatum, because um, because you can give them the ball and they can make a play like. With Scoot, he can make people better. He's like in that Derek Rose kind of mold a little bit of a point guard. But if he can't shoot, and again, I don't know, you know, he hasn't gotten much better shooting. And, and same thing with the Thompson Twins. Like those dudes, it scares me with them because all I hear about is how hard they work, how much they're in the gym all the time. And they, they've been down at overtime, I lead for two, two years, and they really haven't gotten better shooting the ball. So that scares the shit out of me because they haven't, all they've had is, is time on their hands to get in the gym. You know, overtime elite, I don't know if they go to class. I mean, supposedly, <laughs> but who knows, right? Not a whole lot. a class lot. there. Supposedly. <laughs> um, so like these guys, like Scoot, the Thompson twins, like if you had told me this 10 years ago, I'm like, all right, not a big deal. But now, again, if you if you can't shoot, and, and, it, and I, I go back to what I said, you know, at the beginning of the pod, which is shooting is the one skill that NBA guys will say with, with reps, you can get better. Well, the Thompson have had reps. They've had reps. They've had two years at overtime elite. Scoot Henderson has had two years with G league ignite. So it's not like they haven't had the time. And none of those guys have gotten significantly better shooting the ball from three. So that scares the hell out of me where Brandon Miller, again, I, I see a lot of, of Tatum in his game in terms of, again, like their body builds, their ability to make plays off the bounce. Tatum's better. Tatum's better. And he I always felt like he was better uh, as a playmaker too. But Brandon Miller can pass, which we didn't see a ton of at Alabama, some. Um, so I, I would go Brandon Miller if I was Charlotte, I guess, because of that and because – I think they, they have more of a need for that position, that type of player, than putting Scoot with LaMelo. And you're going to – one of those guys, I, they both need the ball in their hands. That's the problem with, with LaMelo and Scoot. And LaMelo is like Trey Young in a lot of ways, right? Dribble, 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 incredible pass. Um, what's Scoot going to do? What are you going to do, have him stand there? He can't make a shot.
1: Yeah, you'd have to invert that because O'Meara is a good shooter. He's a guy better, who put up yeah, a ton of threes.
0: The form isn't good, but it, it's gone in.
1: Yeah. Um, who could surprise people the most out of this draft? Uh, obviously, a name I keep hearing that could be better than his projected position is Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Um, Anthony he Black. Might seems... four.
0: He might go four.
1: yeah. And Anthony Black's the other one I hear who seems to be rising quickly uh, among the hype train here late late in the late in the game. so who who do you think would surprise people most in terms of I how they actually Whitmore. play it?
0: I think Whitmore's got a shot to be really good. Anthony yeah. Black, kind of a non-shooter, long, long, long point guard, um, needs to get stronger but but if he shoots it well, he's got a chance. like I like Case and Wallace a lot. Those Kentucky point guards, the combo guards, have been pretty good, right? I mean, every Jetty, year they hit. Yes, they, <laughs> Tyrese Maxey uh, quickly Maxie, Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of them. In case of all those guys, I will say this: Caseem Wallace is the toughest dude of all of them. He's the toughest. Now, again, is he the shooter scorer that Jamal Murray is? No, no, absolutely not. Um, but he's a, a two-way point guard. who who is tough, who made some shots last year, not a great shooter, but an elite defender who can run a team. So I I like him a lot. And then you can buy low on a couple guards, wing guards, that can really score it, all right? So there's two of them. Nick Smith, I, I talked about lively and how his stock fell this past year. Nick Smith. Came in Arkansas as maybe the number one freshman in the country, along with Lively. And 6'5", more of a wing scorer, and he was hurt all year. Knee injury, you know, wasn't healthy. Left for a while to rehab in L.A. Arkansas didn't think he was going to come back. Comes back at the end of the year, which was impressive because he could have just said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to protect my draft stock. And he didn't. He came back. He wasn't great. But he's six five and he can score it from all three levels. Just The explosiveness wasn't there that I saw two years ago because of the knee injury, I think. So he's going to go like 15 to 20, and I think there's great value there. The other one is Keontae George, freshman at Baylor. Similar type player. You know, uh, 6'4", three-level score, not a great perimeter shooter, but like good enough, really good mid-range. Both those guys have good mid-range. Neither one was great defensively. Those are two guys that are going to go in that 15 to 20 range, I think, that again, I don't know if the Celtics can get there, would want to get there, what it would take to get there. But those are guys that I think can definitely help you. And if you hit it right, those are guys that could be like, you know, number three guys on your team down the road, potentially. They're not going to be superstars, I don't think. But they could be, you know, like top 50 NBA players if if you hit it right with them.
1: There's one guy whose stock has seemingly fallen more than – anybody's uh-huh. I mean I see this I know guy where you're going. I know where you're going <laughs> I see this guy like second round yep. mid late second round yeah. maybe the workouts haven't been good the interviews haven't been good yeah. from what I've seen yeah. um, but first I do want to tell people this is a guy the Celtics could get by the way potentially yeah. here if they want him I feel like they went a similar route last year with JD Davison at that spot um,
0: yeah yeah but JD, of, can't JD can't shoot this kid can shoot yes yes so
1: <laughs> first, though, factor meals. It's summer. You don't want to be by the stove. You don't want to be in the grocery store. You don't want to be wasting your time. You want to be outside. Well, factor meals let you skip all that and just put their fresh, never frozen meals ready to go. Heat up in two minutes, and you're back outside soaking up the summer. Uh, calorie conscious options this summer. The delicious, dietitian approved meals, let ready. Uh, with less than 550 calories per serving, an extra boost of energy, delicious flavor pack options. You can pick from a bunch of stuff here. The shakes look intriguing to me here. Got the bars. You got all sorts of different meals. I'm a big salmon guy. So go to factormeals.com garden50 uh, and use the code garden50. Get 50% off your first box. That's code garden50 at factormeals.com. Garden50. 50 percent off your first box. All right. I don't know if I guessed the name you're thinking of, Jeff, but GG Jackson.
0: No, no, that wasn't it. Amani uh, Bates was my name. Amani Bates.
1: I'm not even thinking about him anymore. I mean, it's crazy how far he's fallen, but you're right, that is the guy who's fallen most over a number of years here. Let's roll with him. G. G. Is
0: we can go GG first. All right. I like GG, like you know he reclassed um he was yeah because he's fly. in
1: the 30s to me and uh amani Bates I'm seeing it like late 50s
0: <laughs> yeah amani probably does go you know in the in the mid first second round GG could sneak in late first round yeah big versatile forward um I remember seeing him two summers ago, last summer shit last summer at, at the peach jam and um you know again not a great shooter and it, at South Carolina, just didn't have anything around him. I mean, they they had a terrible group around him of talent, so he had to do way too much. Especially these kids who reclassify, almost always it doesn't really work out. It, yeah. it hurts more didn't
1: than Bagley everything. do that, Marvin Bagley? I want to say maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I think else. he was
0: already. Yeah, I don't know if it was Marvin. Marvin was fine in college. I mean, he was way better at college. Produced NBA. Yeah, Marvin's problem with his was his dad. Um, gg gg is talented and he's big and strong and can pass it like he just needs good players around him and he needs time um not a great shooter though you know amani for those who don't know was a a 15 year old on the cover of sports illustrated he was going to be the next kd blah, blah 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 um dad took him out of school made his own school for him went to memphis for a year reclassified went to memphis uh, was with Jalen Duran, and there was like a, two two factions of the team, older guys, younger guys, didn't work out. Transferred back home, Eastern Michigan this past year, put up numbers. You know, inefficient, high-volume guy, 6'9", but, man, if you ever put him – and my only take on this is if you put him around like Jason Tatum – listen, we can say what we want about the Celtics, but the one thing you can't say is that they don't have high-character people. From top to bottom in that organization, right? Like, you want more shit to them. Like, Marcus has got some shit to him. But, like, other than that, they're almost like too nice in a way, right? Tatum, Brogdon, Derek White, Jalen Brown, like all of them, they're almost like too nice. So, like, Amani kind of needs that in a way. He needs good people around him, you know, almost hire somebody with him and see if you can get it. Because that dude can make shots. He can make contested shots. Now, he has uh, some terrible decision-making with his shots, and he doesn't guard anybody right now. But the upside is there that if you just said, hey, you know what? We're going to have a really good coach with him in the G League, and we're going to hire somebody to be with him 24-7. This is going to be our project and see if we can get Imani back. Man, as a second-unit scorer, he could be pretty good. Like, he could score the Bobby. The shots I've seen this kid make and create, it, like, he can do it. He can do it. He just, he's had like the work, like, just, he just hasn't had the right people around him.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't see him going 35. I think he'll probably just keep floating and floating and floating later. Yep. Uh, and that's usually how it goes for the guys yep. that have concerns like that. I mean,
0: yep. Uh,
1: the one thing I'll say is it's it's nice to take a flyer on a guy like that here who could really become something. But when you have your stars already, you're probably looking for guys who are more complimentary uh, at that spot. The last name.
0: But he can shoot. That's the right. one thing I would say is, again, if you're going to add a guy at 35, give me a guy who can make shots. Give me a guy who can take some pressure off. Like You can go get another dude who can guard. Yeah. Like you can get that type of player who can guard and can't shoot, honestly, in free agency. But get get me a shooter. There just aren't many of them that can make shots. And Amani, again, he's not going to be a 40% three point shooter, but he is going to be a guy that when he gets going, man, he gets going. I'm going to
1: throw one more name at you because I actually think this is probably the most likely guy to go with 35 to Boston. They've worked him out. All right. uh, they've worked out trace as well, which I like to see. Cause that is my favorite guy at that yeah. spot. Um, but they've worked out this guy too, be a popular name in the area. And I think among fans and people who have hyped up names at 35, this is we probably the Andre most Jackson. Popular. Andre, Andre Jackson. Jackson. Yeah.
0: He can't shoot. He can't, he can't shoot. shoot. Why? Like to me, no, no, I do not want a non shooter on this roster. I have no desire for that. Why? They're not going to guard him. Now he he can guard anybody. He's great defensively and a great secondary ball handler, but you've got enough secondary ball handlers, right? So like it's not like you're running stuff through Andre Jackson, right? No, like I I don't like the fit at all, at all, at all, at all.
1: The shot's so bad. I don't.
0: <laughs> like you do Jordan want? Walsh. I don't want Jordan Walsh either. Arkansas yeah. freshman can't really shoot it. Again, unless you're giving me a five man who can't shoot like like Trace, yeah. that's fine. I'll take that. But but to me, I'm looking at other guy, you know, Julian Strother is a name that I could see at 35. He's six eight and he can he can shoot it. Now he's he's a little soft. Um, but he could be like, you know, a guy that again, but again, I don't know how much more he gives you than like Sam Hauser. He he's got higher upside, probably, but you know. He's not going to do much different than like, that's where like, I don't know. I just feel 35, you know, Trace, Trace fits. Trace adds something that they need on this team, especially with Hortford getting older and Rob being who the hell knows if Rob's going to play. So like, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, is Trace ever going to be a 35 minute a game big? Probably not, but he can give you 20, 25,
1: yeah, the UCLA guy there too, Jay- Jamie Jack, was probably not much of a three-point shooter. He's tough as shit though.
0: God, he's good. He's just a winner. He's yeah. just a winner. Like you can put him in now, Bobby, and he'll do everything well, nothing elite. And he's all about winning. Like, like I don't mind he those can guys. really pass. I don't mind those guys. He can really pass.
1: Right. He can I got a run. I got a West guys. Virginia
0: call coming in.
1: All right, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on stadium on Thursday. Thanks, man. All right. That's our show. We'll have some more of these names popping up. I'm going to dive deeper into some of them. Uh, More draft come to stuff to come throughout the week and uh, any news that pops up rumors. They're going to keep heating up. I'm sure throughout today as well. Who knows? We could be back tonight with some breaking news on the Celtics front Other than that, 35th overall pick coming up on Thursday. We'll have a live draft show and uh, more as the offseason continues here on CLNS Media. This has been the Garden Report. I'm Bobby Manning. We'll talk to you later
0: this week. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win.